Where the hell have you been? Just keeping my head down, trying to hit my deadlines. Oh, you think I ain't got deadlines? That's why I didn't bug you more than once a week. Oh my god. I figured if you didn't get back in touch with me, you are, busy. you are a soft, pastry-filled motherfucker. Aw, thanks. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I like pastries. Mm. So, uh... Star Wars stuff again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to week 891 of the Crankcast. That's a lot of weeks. Can't tell anymore because we only do it every three weeks. It's getting better. Mm. One way or the other. You're always so busy now. You're very popular. No, not really. Mm. I just said yes too many times. But I'm almost through that log jam, finally. Hmm. Feels like you say that every time. Yeah, there was a bit of a false start there when I got through the last one. No, it's just the. Mm. And then it got bad again. I mean, yes, aware. Because stuff got run late and it all got bunched in together. I didn't, you know. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I was thinking about Vito Brada today. Yeah. yeah. What are you thinking about him? Well, I was wondering what the heck happened to him. Because, I mean, how does somebody, um, who's, how does somebody I, who is that good just fall off the face of the earth and not do anything? I heard, I heard that he was playing again, but I also heard that he stopped because he injured his hand, and also he had a sick parent for a while. I believe you're right, because I looked it up today. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I, I guess, well, things were petering off with White Lime because grunge. Yeah, I mean that that killed a whole bunch of bands off, at least temporarily. Yeah. Um. He left because he's tired. And then he, uh, yeah, he he had he had to take care of his sick father, and now now I guess he's still taking care of his mother. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the way they he described the accident with his hand as being just like a freak thing. He was sitting in a weird angle on the couch, like lying on the couch watching a TV, mm-hmm. and playing his guitar, and then he heard something snap as he was playing. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's not a joke. My guitar teacher is going through all kinds of things trying to rehab his shoulder that, I mean, he can't, he can't really play without pain, and he, that's his job, you know? Yeah, I mean, and even if it wasn't his job for somebody that's, like, really good at it and, it, and yeah. enjoyed doing it, that's got to suck, you know? <laughs> um... But yeah, I just I read an interview that was published last month or earlier this month mm. um, with Vito Brada, where he said he's actually like he's been playing off and on with classical guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because the the tension on the strings is not as tough yeah. and it's easier oh, to play. Okay. And I guess also typically uh, classical nylon string guitars have a wider neck, so it's fingering is probably easier. Mm-hmm. Um. But he, yeah, he recently started playing electrics again. So, yeah, well, that's good because he was kind of uh, like creepy how good he was actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean I just, he, had, he had all the technical things 
people liked about Steve Vai, but he also had like the soul of Van Halen. So yeah, or I mean, like he even some of his stuff, not in a technical sense, but in a, a feel sense, reminded me of like um, uh, like David Gilmore or something. You know, hmm, that's interesting. In the expression of it, like, hmm. and he um. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know what, I'd be willing to bet, even after not playing much for the past 30 years, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, he would probably still play circles around me. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, I mean, that's, it's really, it's relative, right? I mean, their good is, their bad is our good. Right, right, it was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to picture, I mean, it'd be really cool to hear new stuff from him again. Because it was weird, like I, you know, White Lion. White Lion's still around. Well, that was the other thing I read about. <laughs> Apparently, Mike Tramp kept trying to get it back off the ground, and then Vito Brado would sue him for using the name <laughs> right. a bunch of times. And then I guess they finally got that cleared up, and they released one last White Lion album in twenty two thousand eight, I think it was, mm-hmm. or twenty eighteen. It ended with an eight, either way. And uh, but that was with. Just, I think it was just Mike Tramp and maybe the original drummer, not the original drummer, the second drummer, the Pride drummer, I think. Um, and yeah, and so like, I I don't even know what that sounded like, because the thing about White Lion is, is like I didn't dislike White Lion per se, like because there were glammy bands I just straight up disliked, you know. Um, and White Lion wasn't one of those, and I liked White Lion's stuff, but mostly I was listening to White Lion to hear Vito Bravo. Yeah, I don't think you really only one. Um, just because his I mean, talent... they were pretty generic otherwise. Yeah, and but I mean, his talent lifted the rest of them, rest of the stuff above that, you know. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, and uh, it was um, and I mean, the, they did have some good songs, like legit good songs. Little Fighter was a great song. I mean, there, I, I, I think somebody described them when they were out, and I always agree with us they're kind of like uh, like a uh, cheap trick Van Halen which makes sense because those are like two two of his big influences yeah so yeah but well right down to the like Dutch front man and everything <laughs> <laughs> right which I actually I guess makes more sense that they covered a golden earring song too yeah. weren't they Dutch I don't know. They were from somewhere over there. Yeah. Nederlanders or something. Nederlanders? I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what the generic term for Norsk. I don't know. Um, <sighs> anyway, yeah, so there's the Vito Brada update. The Vito Brada update? Yeah. I like that better than the football minute. Yeah. I'm more interested in where Vito Brada is than I am my football scores. Yeah. It's funny because uh, VitoBrada.com is reserved. Like, or it exists, rather. But when you go there, it's just a holding page that says, Vito, come back, we miss you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So somebody actually took the time to reserve his name as a website and then put up a plea for his return. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. So uh let's talk Wacom or Wacom. Wa- okay. Wacom? Yeah. Um what monitor are you on now? Like do you use? I'm on the last one that isn't touch. 
Not the last one, but the last big one for the desk that they made that isn't touched. Was that like the from just a couple of years ago, like 2018, like the Pro Line or whatever? No, those are the one. No, um, these are well, maybe because the, the Pro Lines have non-touching stuff, um, like the Pro 24 and stuff. Let me look it up. Um, Wacom tablet. Cintiq 27 QHD. Oh, okay. So that was that's about ten years old then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is I'm that, about due. That's why I've been looking at that new one. But man, it is literally more expensive than my computer was. And I <laughs> bought I bought the new Mac. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the studio, and it wasn't that much. I was looking at those new ones and. The 27, I think? There's a 32 that I haven't found a price on yet, because last time I checked, it wasn't even... When you clicked on it on... on, That's too much. When you clicked on it on Wacom's website, it just went to a 404 page. Like, they didn't even have it up yet. Yeah. It might be fixed now, but I haven't checked it in a week or so. But yeah, that that 27, I think it was, that's like Mm $3,500. I'm like, I'm sure it's really good, but man... You know? That's with the stand, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, the stand's only a couple hundred dollars, I think. Yeah. I am. Um, so I, I briefly owned a 24 HD for a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, you didn't like it? Well, I, it came to me, and it wasn't packed very well, and it was busted up, so I never even got to use it. So I, I sent it back and got a refund. Mm. Um, but while I was pulling it out to check the damage, I realized with that big-ass Ergotron stand thing... Mm-hmm. That thing weighs like 65, 70 pounds, man. It's it's ridiculous. And I'm like... Uh, you could fit Sean in the box that this came in, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the box that this was shipped in wasn't the original box, but it was like, yeah, it was big enough to fit somebody in. Um, it just wasn't... It wasn't packed well, like, with enough packing material, so it bounced around inside the box. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole corner where the power button is broke off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bother trying this thing out. So, um, um, I, I, okay. just, I mean, I could do it, but I, I got to wait and seriously consider before I get this new one. But I, I do feel like I need it. Is the 27 that you've got, has that got that big-ass stand on it, too? Yes. So it has, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so it's like super heavy too, right? It's extremely heavy. It doesn't move anywhere. Because I was reading about the, um, just the, the pre, the previous generation from 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Pro 24. Apparently, those are light enough you can sit them in your lap and shit. Uh, if, if you, you want to, if you take them off the little tripod, yeah, but it's not comfortable. Well, no, that that Pro line didn't have. They, it just had little kickstand legs. Like you could buy it a buy a separate stand for it. Like oh, the new one, the newish, like the Pro Twenty Four and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I I, I I know I'm not going to be able to afford this these brand new ones, but I was looking at picking up a second hand or a refurb of the previous generation. I forget which ones I've had because I've almost except for the last generation have got updated every generation. I was looking at them. I mean, again, I'm, I'm sure this newest one has. Is better, but um, that Pro Twenty Four is what I spe- uh, specifically have been looking at. Mm-hmm. It's um, 
like 99% Adobe RGB, which is cool. Yeah, the new one seems like there's there's nothing in out there that even touches it. So. And um, also on the Pro 24, it's a a 4K monitor, 4K-ish. So like, and, and I've been seeing them going on eBay for I don't you know like between a grand and 1500-ish, like. Yeah. I mean, you could get a total refurb one that costs more or whatever, just like the second-hand sales. So I'm thinking I, I might go with the Pro 24, just because I'd like the, because I'm still on a 22 HD, which it works great, it's fine, you know, but it's um, the color is not quite accurate because I've got a second monitor that has. Doug was saying, hey, didn't you say that there's a. Like a 16-inch iPad coming out? Uh, yeah. A 16-inch it, iPad? It, it, yeah. It might. It's like probably later next year, though. Seems like uh, so they're they're second option. So they're like targeting the art market with that then. Absolutely, yeah. Because that's that's too big to like just carry well, around. I mean, right? <laughs> you know? I mean, it it is. It can't be unnoticed how many people have picked up. Procreate since that iPad. I mean, it seems like everybody draws with it now. Right. Um. Well, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I could go with one of those sixteen-inch. And Clip Studio seems to keep wanting to shoot themselves in the foot, even though it's my preferred. They, I, they, 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 they're pissing a lot of people off with their little tiered, like their subscription model thing. Oh yeah, that's a pain in the ass. With anything, I'm wondering. That seemed, I, I mean, I thought it was weird when Adobe first did it back in whatever that was, oh nine, oh eight, because it seemed like such a step backward. It would be like if cell phone plans went back to being minutes instead of yeah, like, yeah. Like, it like, is. A, it's a weird way to go. But I mean, I'm not a business person. I don't. Uh, it must be working because it's been in, in place for so long now. I mean, I got no choice because this is the only way I know how to draw, and I I don't like I like I actively don't like uh, Procreate. Like it doesn't. I do not have fun when I'm using it. Right. I've um. Man, it's like I've got those uh affinity programs installed. Mm-hmm. I went ahead. Mm-hmm. I was talking about that a long time. Well, I finally went and bought them last year because they were on sale. And I mean, they're already dead cheap anyway. But they yeah. were on sale for like half of what they were already dead cheap of. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I just went ahead and bought a license for this version number, whatever, until they move up to three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I installed them and I started messing with them, but then I, I just got so behind on stuff that I. I you can't jump into playing around with something else when you got to get something else done. So you have to go with the program you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I, they seem. What little I, I played with them, they're not like direct clones of the Adobe stuff. Mm-hmm. They just they work different. So you have to kind of relearn the tool menus and the, the palettes and stuff like that, which is just enough of a hassle I haven't had time to do it yet well that's yeah that's the thing and and uh, uh, Procreate has some stuff that actually seems like it's better than Clip but also I have a hard time uh, finding anything because there there's a lot of like searching for menus to find stuff and like anything I, you know I assume that gets easier with use um, uh, yeah, sure, but that's 
I mean, how long did it take for me to start using Clip? Right. After I had it, you know. Exactly. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, it's that weird thing where, you know, Adobe programs aren't always the best program. They're just the ones everybody knows how to use. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, back in the day, um, what was that Corel program? Corel Draw. The one that was like an analog for Illustrator. Was that Corel Draw? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Painter? Painter, maybe. But, like, you know, people were using that, and they had features that just weren't even in Adobe stuff. And that Adobe later came up with, you know, but. Or implemented into their software, but, like, it was really ahead of its time, but it just didn't have as wide a user base. Mm hmm. Um, and then I don't know what happened to it. But. It, Still around. Is Quark still around? <laughs> uh, I don't think Quark is still around. Quark was legitimately a frustrating program. <laughs> Quark, I hated Quark with every fiber of my being. It was, it seemed like to do anything you had to jump through hoops. Like, Right. Nothing was intuitive in that program. You had to like clutch stuff together to make things work. And it, it, I mean, you could eventually output a print-ready document, but it was a giant <laughs> pain in the ass. But for a long time, that was like the only game in town, unless you wanted to do uh, what was I, that? I felt like or something. Yeah, I felt like a pioneer when I found InDesign and started using it at Devil's because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even sure we could do that. Right, I remember when, but when it when it started that we only needed to send PDFs. I was like, "This will do that." No, it's like, "All right, we're using this now." Yeah, I remember when we first put it in into play in the system. It was like yeah. that, that was the key thing was that because you had to use some sort of weird distiller thing in Quark that didn't yeah. always output the PDF correctly. Exactly, and that was the brilliance of of of, of uh, in design. InDesign is that it? Yeah, just all you did was press export. <laughs> right. Like, oh my god, I don't have to do that anymore. So, like that—that that immediately right there made it worth jumping ship and learning how to work in that because <laughs> it was—it was just easier. Yeah. Man, such a pain in the ass. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking at picking up a new monitor before the end of the year. I gotta spend some money to, for tax reasons. Well, I mean, Julie was asking me about that with the with that Cintiq, and I was like, "Well, that's even if I did that, that's a lot of money to be missing right now." Yeah, and I kind of I I went a little overboard with the guitar stuff this year. So. I understood. I um I was looking at the new one, and I could do it. And it would take care of, but that would be, and that would take care of the problem with the, you know, spending money for tax purposes. Um, but I, I just, I hesitate to spend that much money on one thing, like, yeah, like that, yeah. like when I could get, you know, I could, I could spend the same amount of money and and spread it out on different devices that would be useful as well, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. there's a, a a large format scanner that I wanted to pick up, maybe. You know, um, those are kind of a necessity now. Just stuff like that. Like I, I could spread that three and a half grand out and get more things. Essentially, mm-hmm. I'd still like to get a, a decent large format printer. 
like a laser printer, something that could do 1117 uh, in color. I mean, you know. Sure. But that's, I mean, you're getting into business class, like copier territory with those. Yeah. And besides not being cheap, they're like, they break easier, I guess. Because <laughs> you know? I, I, I remember that one, when we got that really nice one at Devil's Do, finally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were using it to run off covers and put on the wall to check things and stuff like that. And uh, I was using it like to make my calendars every month. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was a. Uh, I remember that thing breaking down off and on. We had to get service people to come in. You gotta get service, yeah. It doesn't seem like that happens with the smaller like desktop things as much. But I don't know if it's just a matter of more moving parts or or what. I think they designed those to essentially be disposable. Yeah, that's true too. And I mean, and we, you're, when you're talking about like a hundred, hundred and a half dollars for something, if you get a couple of years out of it and breaks, it's mm-hmm. cheaper just to buy another one than call somebody in to try to fix it or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think also they design those more to, well, maybe not with laser printers, but at least with inkjets, they design them to where, I mean, they make their money on the ink, not the printer itself. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't know if that's the case with laser printers, just because toner is, relatively speaking, cheaper in the long run. And it lasts longer. doesn't dry up, stuff like that. Um, Are you guys whispering over there? No. Secrets. So many You're talking secrets. about it. So many secrets. Am I being dumb? No. I didn't think I was being dumb. Well, I mean, you, you probably are. Oh, I guess that's a safe bet. I mean, you're pretty dumb. Yeah, I suppose so. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. You're dumb. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Um, how was your Halloween? I mean, I didn't do anything. Get dressed up and trick or treat. No, everybody else did. Oh, really? Yeah. I was uh, I was at home uh, drawing and practicing guitar. Sweet. Yep. I last year I made Julie watch Season of the Witch, but I didn't do that this time. Which movie is that? It's Halloween Three. Oh yeah, okay. I like that movie. Yeah, because it's good. I mean, I mean, sort of. If it were. I think a lot more people would have liked it if it wasn't called Halloween. Yes. Three, I mean, specifically. Like, if yes. it wasn't presented as being part of the franchise. And I get what he was doing with that. He was trying to make it so that he didn't have to keep writing Michael Myers stuff all the time for it. Mm-hmm. But it was still a bad call, I think. <laughs> you know? Good movie. Bad call. That's what he gets for being creative. Yeah. People don't deserve good things. <laughs> you should have known better. Stop, stop trying to do good stuff. You have to suck. Mm-hmm. It's like when grunge took over in the 90s. In fact, uh, Vito Brada said that in this interview today. His manager, or the label guy, told him that he had to start playing more sloppy. <laughs> because that's what, the, that's what the kids were into because of grunge that's and stuff. funny. And he's like, forget that. <laughs> that's weird, yeah. Yeah. 
So, people, stop doing good stuff. Just be sloppy. I don't think that's a thing anymore, though. What? Being sloppy. Uh, I think there's a little bit of it, uh, but also, um, I feel like music these days is a, I don't know if it's a, I don't feel like it's a, uh. Coherent? <laughs> like. Well, uh, you're not wrong, but I feel like it's not a, uh, these kids don't know what's, what good music is anymore. I think it's, uh, anything is allowed now. Well, that's why I was meaning by coherent. There's so not, there's not, I, I feel like there are less boundaries than there are more. There's not as much of a, uh, uh, what do I want to say, like an overarching genre? Mm-hmm. Is there used to like be? it's like a it's like a chore to try and describe something now because there's so many different kind of things in in any given like music. And I mean, there's still That's an theory. What is your theory? It's still tied to other things, but uh, <clears throat> because we don't have a collective experience anymore of of radio. Oh, right, sure. That, like, before you had, like, your one station and you had your, like, kind of crew of people that you listened to, like, the same kind of things because you listened to the same kind of radio stations. Sure, sure. And so you heard the same kind of songs. And now everyone has, like, their own algorithm Mm -hmm. that's perfectly tailored to them so they can get, like, super, super micro-niche in, like, a Mm -hmm. weird way musically that, like, before you had to be like a weird music head, like really deep diving to find all those cuts. All right. And now the algorithm just serves them up to you. Yeah. Um, so you can I mean, be yeah. the weirdo who's like super into like some random weird obscure. So and then you end up making that stuff because. So it's a, it's like a, it, it's a good thing, but it also it's, there's a unpredicted effect on culture that people probably didn't consider when they were making this. Yeah, and I can't even make any money. Yeah. They didn't even think about that when they were doing this. Because before there was enough listeners for your thing yeah. because we forced you to listen to that thing. Right. You're like, ah, fuck it. But I no, I on. guarantee you none of these people are admitting that. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. going to admit that. Before I'd be like, well, I like that single. I guess I'll go buy that album. And then you get the album and you're like, none of these songs are like the album. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, damn it. Yeah. I like just that one song. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, I mean, I, I've said this, uh, and I think this is true with everything, that usually the best thing about something eventually becomes the worst thing about something. I mean, it makes sense because we kind of turned over the... Like when we had when you had DJs, like we had 97X as a local station here, which tended towards like non-corporate stuff and that. Mm-hmm. I mean... What I mean is, like, the corporate didn't necessarily dictate what was being played. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, during the course of a day of listening to that station, you run a gamut of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all being curated by people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of turned our, our the curation duties over to just machines. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, like AI, essentially, and, yeah. And by and large, the curation they're doing is based on what you've already told them you like. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, the machine's not making any personal creative choice. It's giving you more of what the, it, you know, you've already told it you liked, you know. But that's what, that is what the people wanted. Right. But 
they also, it's like they wouldn't know otherwise. They wouldn't know if they didn't want it. They don't, it was, cause it's, I don't think it was possible to predict, like I said, the effects. Well, this is the start of the rise of our robot overlords. Sure. Honestly, sure. I mean, they're already controlling you, our culture. You could look at it that way, yeah, sure. So, I mean, bots, bots influence elections. Playlists mm-hmm. get created by machines. Mm-hmm. You know. You're not human. Uh, well, you haven't been for a long time, though. I'm, I'm more You're human. You're one of the first. I'm more human than human. <gasps> oh. Just like that. Is that what that song's about? That was a white zombie song, right? Yeah. yeah. It, you're the one they wrote that about? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. Yep. More human than human. That's me. Hmm. I'm more humane than humane. You're you're more Herman than human. I'm more Herman than Herman. <laughs> That's stupid. It is. It made you laugh. And I, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think that takes much. Probably not. Um, have you ever seen any episodes of The Good Witch? Yes, I've seen. Uh, embarrassingly, I've seen more than one episode because Julie. Watched that show. I kind of guessed. That's why I was asking. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, Julie uh, really was into that show. Which every time she was watching it, and I'd come in the room, I'd go, "So does she do witch things?" Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Because is she is she a witch or is it just the name of it? And she says, "Sort of." Right. I was. I guess because it was Halloween, and they always have a special each season that I guess happens on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess since it was Halloween, Prime put them up, put the, just the specials up. So I, I didn't watch the seasons; I just watched the specials. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed was that stuff happens, but you never actually see them do magic. Like there's no incantations or spells or nose twitches or you know. I think it's like a Christian witch show. I guess it's. Like I don't think they I don't think they want to offend the old ladies watching it. That was part of why, why I watched it because I was kind of curious to see how Hallmark would deal with witchcraft. You know? Yeah, I think it's one of those like we want to make this supernatural, but we don't want to offend who we know is watching this. All right, but so I'm watching, and it's I mean it's a Hallmark show, so you kind of know what to expect, mm-hmm. but. It's um, it was just very weird to watch a show about witches and never actually see witchcraft occur. You'd only see the after effects of it. I mean, presumably she was doing. I never her. saw any of that. I know. I just saw her in a kitchen talking to the dude from Wisteria Lane. That's all I saw on that show. And it's got the the daughter in that show was uh, the daughter in the Fosters. The adopted daughter in the Fosters? Uh, that's the point of the Fosters, is they're all adopted. Right, I mean, the one that we first see that's the main character that we follow. Mm-hmm. That went on to that other show after the Fosters where they were lawyers or something? The Australian girl? I think she is, yeah. Yeah, okay. She's I, the, didn't, I don't remember her being on there. She's the good witch's daughter. Mm. Um... And there's somebody else in there. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, I recognize. So the the mayor of the town, that lady. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sitting there and I'm looking at her. I'm like, man, she looks really familiar, but I couldn't place her. So I looked her up, and it's Catherine Disher, who was on. I, I knew her from watching um, the Vampire Show, the Canadian Vampire Show from back in the '90s. Forever Night. Forever Night. Right. <laughs> I know you. I know you so well. So <laughs> I recognized her from that, but when I looked her up on the IMDb, I didn't realize how many. She's like a big voice actress for cartoons and stuff. Oh, okay. She did um um. Jean Grey in the X-Men 90s. X-Men. Oh, really? Yeah. And just a, a ton of other stuff I recognize. But reading that, I found out that they're doing a new X-Men based on the 90s X-Men. I knew that. I didn't. I, it was news to me. Um, and I just thought, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Because it's called X-Men 97 <laughs> or something uh-huh. like that. Well, I mean, it's going to be people our age. What? Well, a little bit younger than us watching it. Yeah, probably. Um. But yeah, I, I saw that and I was just kind of surprised by it because I'm like, well, why would you, why not just do a new X-Men? Like, why, <laughs> you know? It's a, it's a nostalgia thing. It's it's not made for... I guess it's kind of cool that there will, there's going to be a new X-Men cartoon, though. I'm assuming there'll be several in the future. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why don't they do an X-Men 85 and base it on the comics or something? Because... Mm-hmm, <laughs> We're the only ones that remember. Or X-Men 87. That would be cool. Because X-Men was really good. Right X-Men early. 87, that would be like the like Sylvestri and stuff. Oh, right? shit. Yeah, that was like Inferno. So it'd have to be like 85, 86. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people that love that stuff, too, though, dude. This guy. Yeah, Sean Dove. Oh, it wasn't terrible. But That's that, his X-Men stuff. Right when Inferno was, happen- was happening was right about when I stopped buying comics for a number of years. Yeah, and same they, here. They, I stopped... Here's the thing. I really liked Sylvester then. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's when I stopped really buying comics. That's when I first started playing guitar. I started playing guitar for the first time then. Yeah, that sounds about right. Probably. I think I started in 87, too. So, uh, um, yeah, I was kind of getting out of my comic thing. Oh, I was... I remember... Yeah, I probably didn't buy any comics because I had saved up all my money to buy my first base in, in that year, and that broke me. So, um, I didn't have any more money after that. I and in fact, but you know, I was a weird one that I mean, I I really liked Sylvestri more. In there was a X Men Fantastic Four team up. What year? Uh, it was around that time. It was before he was drawing X-Men. This is what got him noticed. Oh, okay. And it was inked by Joe Rubenstein, so it didn't really even look like what you... It wasn't met. like Cyber Forcey or something? Yeah, but I really liked it. But I was a big Joe Rubenstein fan. I mean, I wasn't a uh, like a conscious fan of Rubenstein. It wasn't until later that I realized what he was actually doing on those pages. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that at that age, when I was reading that, I'm trying to think of how it worked this. Yeah, I, I wasn't nearly as cognizant of all the people working on the books mm-hmm. as I was. It was just a title and characters to me, mostly, you know? Sure. I mean, I was I was getting more into that. I, I definitely noticed it more, but... I recognized the ones that were wildly different, like Sienkiewicz. Yeah, um, sure. Because he was doing New Mutant stuff, and I was reading that, and I'm looking at these covers and, and the way he would draw Warlock and stuff like that. 
Sure. And him, I, I, I knew who he was, for sure, you know? Tom Mandrake, he was easy to recognize. Tony Sammons. And probably, I for some reason I knew, um, oh, oh, what's his name? Starlin? Dread Star guy? Oh, yeah, he was, he was a good one to notice. Um, Although he drew a lot more, like, other artists than, like, say, somebody like Sienkiewicz or something. Yeah. And I, I could recognize Barry Windsor Smith when I saw him. I remember oh, that. yeah, that was one, because he would do those, you know, those guest X-Men every once in a while, and you're like, whoa, who did that? Yeah, and I think I had picked up the Machine Man 2020 miniseries. Yeah. And so I, I had, like, I recognized him, for sure. Mm-hmm, sure. But I, I didn't know, like, I really didn't know inkers at all. Colorist. Um, I didn't until later. Like I said, it wasn't until. I mean, I don't think it was until I started working with Joe that I understood what he actually did to pages. Or it, you know, what it was? It was seeing Dark Knight Returns and seeing the difference between uh, Klaus Jansen on Frank Miller and what Joe did on the Wolverine miniseries. That makes sense. And you're like, this is a different artist. Because that's, that's something, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming you don't see that as much anymore because people don't get stuff inked as much, I don't think. Uh, you do not see it as much anymore, but there is a whole different group of people that are into the collaboration and, you know, that it, you see it from time to time, but yeah. I guess I see, I see a version of that on Undiscovered Country because that's got a, uh, a, p- a penciler and then a finisher, I guess. He's not strictly an anchor because he's also going. Yeah, that's a whole, yeah, a whole other thing, but that, it's more like the old kind of inking. It definitely like his work does look different than the the penciler, the layout. I'm, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to call a finisher the inker in this case, I guess. But he's he's more than an inker. Yeah, I mean, there was a time in the world where you could consider a finisher an inker. Yeah, because I mean, I, I and you know, this is stuff again, like you were saying, this stuff I didn't realize until much later when I start seeing stuff like. Uh, you know, like Kirby being inked by different people and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you, mm-hmm. and they would totally like change how he looked. I mean, you could still tell it was Kirby, but yeah, you it has to be a situation like that for you to recognize. But like, yeah, suddenly Kirby's it's Kirby A and then Kirby B kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, it's fun to take an old drawing like him or Ditko and see what you can do because. I mean, it, it, it was a varied thing because some inkers were relatively transparent, and yes. some inkers you could just tell it was them. Like once you realized it, you could tell it was them, no matter who the artist was. Um, pretty much. Yes. Um, there are also like technical inkers where you think that they're like the the '90s or 2000 inkers who were kind of like you would think are Xerox machines, but. Somebody like Scott Williams seems like he would be that, but he is not. Like, you look at what he does with a Jim Lee drawing, which is who he usually inks, versus, like, say, a Jonathan Glapian, and it's a totally different thing. 
but you would think that they're just, you know, just busting their ass just to uh, draw the fucking lines in it in one of those things. But. I wonder how many like dedicated inkers there are now, or people who are predominantly inkers, I guess, because even most inkers were also would also do other stuff, but at least in their free time. I would say easily easily 30% less than what there was like just, you know, five years ago. Wow. You think of that? I think. That big a drop just in that time? I think. Wow. I, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it doesn't help the profession that, you know, digital tools are so much better than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Now that you can actually just do inks on the fly, I mean, you don't even necessarily have to lay down pencils. You can just do your inks. Well, I was, I was never hired to ink my own. I was, I was told not to ink my own stuff before I got a Cintiq. <laughs> and after that, I got hired to ink other people's stuff. So I mean, I never thought your paper inks were bad. We used to joke about it. Uh, I didn't. I, I they were big and thick and chunky. Right. But I mean, that was a thing. Like me, it wasn't necessarily bad. Yeah. I guess it was bad if that's not what you were wanting to do. Everybody wants the Scott Williams inks. Hmm. But now you can do delicate little feathering. I can, and I did when I first started out. But now it, it's weird. I've kind of gone. Uh, I I am a lot rougher and looser using digital tools. I guess. I mean, you don't have to worry about making mistakes as much, you know. That's what it was. It, free, it frees you it, up to be. It's like we're talking about with the with the music. It's the technology had a, a, an effect that I, I did not predict. Yeah. Gives you a uh, sense of freedom, I suppose. Freedom. Wasn't that uh, Spirit's Eagle? G.I. Joe? Uh, Spirit Eagle was named Freedom, yes. Okay. And I forgot that Spirit existed until you just said that. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That think? was a cool action figure, I remember. He was really detailed. Yeah, he was more detailed than the others at that time, it seemed like. Like, he had a lot of stuff going on with his costume and stuff? Even mm. though it was just like a blue shirt and pants, there was like folds and stuff like that going on. Little details. I really liked Airborne. I thought his gun was cool. It was that long rifle, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was an assault rifle. I'm not sure. Okay, I'm trying to remember. He was a paratrooper, so it wouldn't make sense for him to have a long rifle. Did you have a... I just remembered this. Did you ever have the uh, the hang glider? I don't think I did. I wasn't big on the vehicles. My brother bought a lot of the vehicles. Okay. The hang glider, I, I, it was either the most brilliant or the stupidest toy ever. That was a mail-away thing, wasn't it? I think it was at first. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a mail-away thing, yeah. I don't think, yeah, at least at first it was. I, I, well, I'm trying to remember if I ever did see it in the stores. Because I don't think it lasted very long. Because, okay, here's the thing about the hang glider. It was cool because you could stick a Joe on the front of it and then throw it and it would fly. Mm-hmm. It was a big piece of styrofoam. <laughs> mm-hmm. It hit a wall and it would it would get. Yeah, it was a mail away. I remember that. And um, 
like just and that's where I'm saying that it maybe I, I can't tell if it was brilliant or stupid because I mean part of the brilliance in, in it is that it fell apart so easily you had to go get another one. I mean, if it's free, it's brilliant. If you're paying for it, it's not fun. You still had, even though it was a mail away thing, you still had to pay for it. You had to uh, uh, like postage. Postage, and it, you had to give up your. You send those. Points. Yeah, you send those little. Yeah, the little UPC things or whatever. And I'm trying to remember exactly how I came because I at one point I think I had. That's how I got my Cobra Commander. I remember that. The visor one. Yeah, and or hooded, Duke, the hooded one. Duke you, you had to get Duke that way too. Um, uh, Major Blood too, I think was mm. he was first a mail away thing before they put him into regular production, if I recall right. Or Zartan, Zartan maybe too. Zartan definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember the hooded Cobra Commander because yeah, because the original one was a visor guy. Um. But yeah, so somehow I, I I had both of the gliders, the the Joe one and the Cobra one, and they both got trashed. I think a dog ate one. A friend of mine got into an argument with me and tore up the other one. Whoa! But have like, you talked to them since then? Oh yeah, yeah. This was a long time. Are ago. Are they okay now? Are you okay? Oh yeah, man. This was a long time ago. You know how kids get in the fights. Do you bring it bring it up every once in a while? Occasionally, and we laugh about it. Oh. Um. But Did he, he ever get you a replacement? I don't think so, no. Well, I think he should do that. Well, I'll, I'll ask him about it next time I see him. Um, Is this Brian? Yeah, yeah. I think he owes you a, a figure. I, I've probably done something just as bad in the meantime. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, you know, we don't keep score, dude. Anyway. Uh, I think you should. I think you should keep score. I think that's healthy. My point is, before that, and, and before the dogs... Uh, they were already banged up just from flying them in the house and stuff, or like from from them landing on concrete or whatever. Yeah, like chunks taken out of them. Yeah, and like bends, like where you could yeah. bend, you could bend them. You know, a styrofoam like a styrofoam plate. You know, if you bend it, it leaves a crease, mm-hmm. and you can't ever get that crease. Yeah, out. until eventually you bend it and it just breaks. Right. And the uh, I think the upright, the stabilizers were just like tab, tab and slot kind of things. Mm-hmm. So you know, like the the tab parts were all messed up and that and it's like but you know when they worked it was really cool because you could fly your G.I. Joes around one of them nerd man it was kind of cool I don't know and before they had the um, I think this was another mail away at first too was the um, what were they called the, the snake it was like the this battle robot thing Oh, the like the 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 thing that was essentially two pieces of plastic that you put together over a figure. Yeah, and it had leg pieces. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. And, and if you, but it could operate autonomously, so you could put it together with this like rubber thing that was kind of in the shape of a person. Oh, I didn't know. That. Like you could put the leg pieces on that, and then that upper piece of this rubber would fit in the top compartment, and so it would stand on its own. And like, you know, it was supposed to be a not able to operate autonomously at that point. What was that called? I, uh, oh, you just said it's called a snake. I, I think snake might not be right. But it was it was before the uh, the brainwave machine thing, Dr. Mindbender's deal. Oh, uh, I wasn't really... Well, okay. So Mindbender was close to me being out of it. Before all, like him and, and all that stuff, 
you could use these things to brainwash the the opposite side. They had these like built-in things inside of them, like, and they were stickers on the inside of the. Wait, did you actually think you could do that? No, I'm telling. I'm saying oh. that before the whole thing in the storyline of the toys, anyway. Um, Cobra would use these. They're things. just toys, correct? Right, but I'm saying Cobra would use these things and put the Joes in them and then brainwash them to fight for the Cobra side. Although with as many much cannon fodder as Cobra had, I don't see how that made any kind of practical sense. You know they're toys, right? No. It's like never ending story, man. If you believe it enough, it's real. What is that guy's name? Lemuel? Lamal? Lemuel, I think, is his name. Oh, by the way, we... Kajagoo? Is that his name? He's from Kajagoo? Kajagoo. Yeah. Yeah. That was the band? Yeah, yeah. So we had, like, two big hits. Apparently. And, by the way, Adele's name is not pronounced Adele. It's Adele. Adele? Adele. Adele. That's what it is. Adele? Yeah. That's how she pronounces it. Huh. It's funny, because I don't think I've ever said her name out loud. Well, now you have. Adele. Adele? Adele. Like a hill and a dale, you know? Alan Adele. Adele? Alan Adele. Alan Adele? Dale, a deer, a female deer? Ray? Parker Jr.? Let's see if we can get him to team up with Adele. Can you get them both on Cameo? And then and then have Nuno Betancourt sit in to play. Oh, can you get Nuno on Cameo? Not Nuno, sorry. Vito Brada, that's what I mean to say. Vito Brada. Although Nuno Betancourt was also a very good guitar player. Uh, he still is. And He's not dead. Well, I mean, he was he a good... Goes, he goes on tour frequently. He was where... He, that's another situation where while I wasn't a super big extreme fan, I would listen to them to hear him. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people... I mean, he... <clears throat> He tours with that that G three tour, the guitar people. Oh yeah, it's just it's just guitar music. Oh wow! Yeah, my brother in law went to see that. I was like, really? Um, there's yeah. Because anyway. I think the last tour was like him and Zach Wild, <laughs> and and I I think Joe Satriani was still on it, but. They 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 switch out. I I can't deny that Zach Wild is a good guitar player. He's a great I, guitar player. I just got so annoyed by that signature squeal. That the I, the harmonics. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's influenced an entire generation because there's that is all over the place in heavy metal now. I just I couldn't listen to him because every song, every other riff was. <laughs> These hardcore bands, they do it all, the little squeal. It's like, like Gojira does it and like, like, it's like they've perfected it. It's just, it's like an annoying affectation to me. Like, yeah, um, he did do it an obnoxious amount. It really was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but he, like I said, I can't deny he's a good guitar player. That's just, he had a, a quirk I didn't like or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, like, uh, like, uh, who's the guy, the other Ozzy guitar player, Jakey Lee and his really fizzy distortion sound. He's such a good guitar player too, though. 
man. He is, but his his like gain sound is it just sounds like opening a can of soda, <laughs> or like he just lined straight into the board mm. with his pedal. Like yeah. it's pretty, it's it's wild. I don't know. I mean, his work with Badlands didn't really sound like that to me. Uh, I thought it did, but I loved Badlands. Uh, what's really interesting to me is that, you know I've been I take a lot of lessons, a lot of online lessons. And it's funny how many of the teachers talk about him and that, that that first album in particular as an influence. I was like, wow, I thought I was the only person that even bought that. Oh no, that's an awesome album. Yeah, that was um. And I remember that was the first thing I ever bought as a kid that I bought because like I saw it in a guitar magazine. I, they said, go buy this. I think I. I wound up getting it. No, I, I didn't get it first. One of my friends did, but then I wound up get, wound up getting a copy because the singer was from another band too. Um, I think he sang with Sabbath, maybe. Oh. At one point. But um, anyway, yeah, like that, and that was another weird thing where it just seemed like he sort of fell off the radar after that. But I'm looking at I'm looking him up now, and, and apparently he has done stuff. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Like he's done like solo work or not, but yeah, he was another one where it it wasn't even necessarily the technicality or anything. He was just very expressive, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. There's a like an instrumental on that first Badlands album that's like Jade Song or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember Jade Song. Yeah, sure. And it was uh, just awesome, you know. Yeah, Jade's song, because that goes in the winner's call. Yeah, that's his daughter, I think, or his wife. Oh. Yeah, that's what Jade... I think it's his daughter that that's about. Never knew. Yeah. Uh, oh, he recorded an album with Enough's Enough. Oh, really? In 2009. Well, that's pretty good. That's... I bet, I I bet Patrick Brower knows all about that. I didn't realize they were still around. They were Chicago. Oh, I saw them. Yeah, I saw them uh, years ago at House of Blues opening up for Winger. Huh. Yeah. I went, speaking of Patrick Brower. Very weird. Mm. Um, Yeah, I guess his most, he's been working with something called Red Dragon Cartel. That's a dumb name. And they had uh, two albums out in 2014 and 2018. Um, I don't. I keep wandering around the stuff, so I forget what I was going to talk about. And we keep coming back to guitar players, which is fine because I like guitar players. But mm-hmm. I haven't played as much recently, and um, like I've it's been, been a lot. It's been it's been kind of dry in the house, so yeah. I went to go play yesterday because I needed a mental break, you know. So I wanted to just take a half hour and run through some stuff and goof off. And the, uh, you know, because bass strings, big round wound bass strings, they can be kind of rough on the fingers. Mm-hmm. I tore the heck out of my calluses on my index finger and my pinky. Mm-hmm. It just like, it, it was so bad on my index finger, my phone doesn't recognize my fingerprint. Wow. So, like, 
I have to use like a different finger to open up the phone. Yeah, yeah I've, I've hurt my finger. I've been trying to do sweet picking, and I've been I hurt my finger uh, on my pinky. It feels like when you like get like a like a, a paper cut. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't notice it at all in, unless I'm doing that particular movement. On you doing like sweeper preggios? Yeah. There was I. You probably won't like this, but there's this band called Forced Entry that was like a, a metal band back in the '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't like that. The guitar player. I'm trying to remember which song off of which album in particular I was thinking of, but the guitar player on there was really good at those. Yeah, and he would yeah. work them into his into his I'm, riffs. Like I'm over my like uh, like Racer X cacophony, you know, kind of listening to those kind of bands that are just essentially. Just essentially a vehicle for whatever lead guitar player. <laughs> well, this band wasn't like that. I mean, they were more or less a thrash band, you know. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't like technical metal or anything. But it was just this guy. I guess he was just really good, and he liked doing them, so he'd work them into his riffs, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, it sounded really cool when he would do them because he'd be doing this like heavy riff, and then he'd do this like, you know, kind of thing. It was neat. Did you know that Jakey Lee's real name is Jakey Lou Williams? I did not. And Jakey spelled J-A-K-E-Y? No, I did not know that. I did not either. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just trying to get my calluses built back up. Isn't he like 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 half Korean or something like that? I know he's like half Asian like Eddie Van Halen is. Um, Which most people don't even know that about Eddie Van Halen. Let's see. He was born in Norfolk. Uh-huh. And his father is of Welsh ancestry. His mother is Japanese ancestry. Japanese, okay. Not Korean. Yeah. Yeah, because Eddie's mom was like from Indonesia or something. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess I, I mean, now like, that you say it, it makes sense. Yeah, he's like Dutch and Indonesian. Like you can you can see it in his eyes, kind of. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I guess a little bit in his mouth too. But he sounds like he's from like New York. Sounded, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ray Gillen was the singer on Eternal Idol with Black Sabbath, which he sounded a lot like Dio on that album. Ah. Uh, they're both dead now. Oh, the other singer is dead? Yeah, Ray Gillen died in 93. That's, that's part of why Badlands broke up. Oh. So it must have been something like cancer or something like that? Uh, let's say here. I don't know. Uh, Gillen died from an AIDS-related disease. Oh. It says, but I don't know if it says exactly what it was. That's sad. I mean, dying in general is sad. Oh. Uh... Wait a minute. You know how sometimes Wikipedia is. I'm trying to make sure I'm actually reading this right. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it, he had contracted AIDS and, and something happened with a complication with that, I guess. I mean, that's usually how you die from AIDS. So. Um, yeah, because I, I remember at the time when he died, it was like, oh, that sucks, because he was, re- like, just really good, good singer. Like, 
I remember them being pretty good. I know I played that in my car in high school a lot. Yeah, stuff with Badlands was, like I said, it was different than when he was singing with Sabbath. He still had that range and stuff, but he, it was, yeah. He, 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 I don't know if he was intentionally going for a Dio. It was more like a white, snaky, bluesy thing. Um, because yeah, on that Eternal Isle album, it was a really convincing Dio. Like, maybe a little bit clearer than Dio. Hmm. Uh, in the upper ranges, but clearer than Dio. Because you know Dio. His high stuff was pretty raspy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, raspiness was kind of a signature of his voice. Yeah, yeah. That's what made him sound like a goblin. A goblin. He sounded like a metal goblin. <laughs> Heavy metal goblin. Menu comic. Remember that band Goblin Cock? I do. <laughs> I wonder if they're still around. Uh, I don't know. They're, I didn't like them then, and I, I don't think uh, they were funny, as I recall. I remember listening to them in the studio. I don't think I ever actually owned anything by them. That may be how I know of them, <laughs> because of you. Yeah, it was mid mid two thousands in the studio. I depend on friends. To tell me what music is. They had an album later called Necronama Donkey Kong Mikan. That's fun. <laughs> ah, anyway. So, uh, I don't know. Do we do we have any email? Oh, let me look. We might. It's been so long. It's a- probably all email asking me where you are. Nobody cares where I'm at. Mm, it's true. Uh, Bill Duke wrote. Oh, hi, Bill Duke. He says, I am Bill Duke, and I accept the invitation to join the Nortones. <laughs> I, I play many instruments. Ask the computer if I do. You'll see. I guess he means Google it. Ask, ask the computer. Is Bill Duke related to me? And, uh, well, uh, maybe. And, uh, hey, Bill Duke, are you related to Addison Duke? Papa? Do you have, is there a history of sailing in the Bill Duke, uh, in the Bill Duke acting oeuvre? The sailing dukes. Sailing dukes. Uh, and I've got, he says, and I've got the van. Every band needs a van. Go on now. Bill Duke. That's how you know it's Bill Duke, because he says, go on now. And, you know, he's not wrong. Every band does need a van. Yeah. I think I will... I think I would uh, go insane if I saw, like, an interview or documentary with Bill Duke, and he actually said, go on now. <laughs> uh, Henrik from Denmark writes, I crank Mike and other people rehearsing the Crankcast musical. Did we talk about a Crankcast musical? I don't remember. Hey, I'm game. Sure, let's, let's do it. Okay, another week, another TV talk email. He talks about a show called Panhandle don't on know Roku. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Have Does Roku make TV shows? Yes. 
probably they all do, don't they? That's by Roku. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. I thought it was already out. No, I thought that was like a Hulu show or something. What movie? Uh, the Weird Al movie. Weird. Oh. Uh, Panhandle. This is a show about an eccentric auto agoraphobic who hasn't left his property for years since his wife got murdered. But things start to change once local traffic cop gets involved. It stars Luke Kirby, Lenny Bruce, and the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, he was good enough. In the leading role, and the show's worth watching for his acting alone. Huh. Okay. Uh, Werewolf by Night. Is that a Marvel? Yep, it's on Disney+. Plus. He said, this was a cool little movie, and pretty different from many of the MCU's properties. It was especially great to see Man-Thing used well. I hope Disney makes more of these TV specials. Yeah, nothing's worse than a poorly used Man-Thing. Mm-hmm. Man-Thing was great in that show. That was a, that was a very good movie. I liked it. Uh, it's a giant size man thing. It burns when he touches you. It burns when it touches you, yeah. Well, if you know fear, if you don't fear the man thing, you're fine. Who doesn't fear the man thing? That's true. Uh, he says, She-Hulk, I think this show just continues to get better with each episode. Not only is it funny, but it also has some genuinely good messages and stories to tell. I just hope it sticks the landing and gets a second season. I hope it gets a second season, too. It, it was very good. So far, I've heard nothing but good things about it. It is just like the comic. Very fun. Uh, that's all for this week. Henrik from Denmark. P.S. This email was sent by a real person, and it, it is in no way a fake account that Crank has been using for years now. <laughs> I know, See, you can't fool me, Crank. I know when you're doing that. And I don't even know what to call those people over there. How, how would I pretend to be one? A Denmarkian? Yeah, they're they? called Denmarkians. Like, is that like Bismarcky? They're not called Danes or Danish. Oh, that's great. That's what you. That's the pastry. It's a Danish. It's not a person. You sure it's not Danish? Call them Denny's. Denny's. Yeah. Hmm. Is that what the restaurant is? It's that, that's Danish. Norwegian food, not yeah. Norwegian. That's Danish food. <laughs> it's a whole other country. <laughs> Norwegian food is very fish based. This, I this think. is a, a email from uh, Henrik from Nor- Norway, Norwegia, Norwegi. I need to use my Norwegi board. He's a Norwegian. I um yes, yeah, a Norwegi board. A Norwegi board. Norwegian, it's Mario's cousin or brother, Norwegi. Norwegi? He's Scandinavian. It's me. I'm aboard. I don't know. Anyway. What's out in there? Uh, thanks for writing. Oh, thanks, all you people. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to. I, I don't know what's come out in stores since the last time we talked, but I'm looking to see what's in stores this week. I do know that Albatross cleaned up in the Ringo Awards. Yeah. They did yeah. really well. Yeah. And uh, Jonna and the Impossible Monsters got a Ringo Spirit Award. Yeah, that means you did. Well, the book did. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, that's cool. That's very cool. And, 
Yeah, sorry. I'm just, you know, like I said, looking through, seeing what's in stores. Anybody got anything in stores this week? Anybody? Uh, I don't. Have you had anything in stores in the past couple of weeks? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to catch up while I'm reading stuff. Uh, I don't think so, but I never know. Somebody in uh, the Memphis show actually brought that up. He said, I don't uh, promote my stuff enough. And I was like, well, I have to keep up with it, and I don't do that. So. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's on you, man. It is on me, but, I mean, nobody's ever mentioned it until then. I'm, I mean, I, it's not like I can really knock it because I don't really keep up. Well you have an entire part of the show every week where you go and you try and find stuff you do to tell people to go get it. Right. So you do keep up with it. But, I mean, I, I don't do that until then. I don't. I, I never know what's coming out in a week until I look it up. Mm, I've seen the whiteboard at your house where you print out all the different comics that you're working on. Why would I print out something for a whiteboard? You print it out so that you... Ooh, got you there, idiot. Did he? You son of a bitch. It would be a pegboard, dummy. Oh, you little fuck. Unless it's magnetic and then it might be a whiteboard. Oh, my God. Do you, did you want to be here when I killed Sean? Well, I knew, you, I knew this would happen one day. It's, it's either you or Sean. Well, you're going to be here the day that I destroy Sean. Like Darth Vader style. Unless he destroys you first. Like Emperor style. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. Driving you to the dark side. Hmm. Yeah. You don't want to see Sean's dark side. Mm. The dark side of the dove. Dark side of the dove? He's a pigeon. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pigeon. Pigeon man. Sean Pigeon. No, you trying to pigeonhole him? Mm hmm. Uh. Um. Hell to Pay number one from Image Comics. Is that about an evil hairpiece? Not hair to pay. No. Hell to pay. That's going to be really confusing. The next arc of Barbaric is called Hell to Pay. Oh, really? So there's going to be another Hell to Pay number one. Well, this one's got a big Hell to Pay logo on the front, so... Uh, that's Charles Soule and Will Sliney on art. And, um, the Sliney! I'm trying... Oh, I know I should know who did the colors. Maybe Will's doing the colors? No, that doesn't sound right. No, Will's not doing the colors. That doesn't sound right, yeah. I don't remember. I can't. I'm blanking out on the colors. Anyway, issue number one of that's in stores. It's a fantasy thing with coins from hell and, you know... Murder and magic and stuff. Murder and magic? Yeah. Together? Well, sometimes the magic is like murder magic. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Sometimes. Murder. I draw the line of magic. Yeah. Well. We're not evil over here. Then you should go watch The Good Witch. Oh, that's right. We should. We should get our church group together. Because then and you have, like, weekly viewings. Wait a minute. Is the Good Witch still on? It's not over? I don't think it is over. I think it's still going. Holy crap. I think Julie lied to me. Well, maybe it's over. Speaking of stuff like that, was uh, was Julie a uh, switch to Birthwatcher? Yes, she was. I knew it. 
I, I've been watching that because I, in my head, I thought I wanted to put something on I didn't have to concentrate on, and I knew what to expect from an ABC family drama. Yeah, that's the one with the deaf kid and the artist girl. Right, so it didn't work out the way I thought because it's, a lot of it's in sign language. <laughs> right. So you have to kind of look at it, you know. Yeah. Although it does kind of, you know, put me in a deaf person's place because I can't hear what's going on. Sort of. I don't know if that's right. But anyway, it also kind of makes me want to learn sign language. You should. ASL seems kind of neat. Yeah. Do it. Go um, for it. Being bilingual in anything is never a bad idea. Yeah. And I tell you what, I don't know. I'm trying to. I don't think I've watched a recent ABC Family drama. But in the 2010s, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody did that kind of shit better than they did. I agree. They are the, they the only one doing that kind of stuff. They are the the single most dramiest dramas. Yep. Like, it's. I I agree with you. It's insane. This is the kind. Of, I said this when I was watching the Fosters. If this was real life, real people, they would just all be insane at this point. Yeah, it would have gone crazy, or somebody would be dead, for sure. Oh, homicide would certainly be involved. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, somebody would definitely be dead. Uh, There would would definitely be institutions happening. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of them. Some of them, there are institutions. It's just amazing how much stuff they would pack into these people's lives. Mm -hmm. Well, it gets even crazier in the Fosters later on. Yeah. (laughs) The Fosters was... (laughs) I, I'm trying to remember. The Fosters came after Switch to Birth, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. So I, I, I think, and then Switch to Birth started in 2010 or 2011. So, you know, that was at, at the early part of their, they were, they were, they hadn't quite worked all the kinks out yet, maybe. So, but I, and I, like I said, I, I'm not really sure what ABC Family does now. Um, but they definitely did drama well. Oh, I also went back and rewatched um, Better Off Ted. Oh, that's the second time for you then. No, well, I mean, I watched. I remember it. you talking about it before a lot. I watched it when it was broadcast, and I talked about it a lot. And then I haven't seen it since, and I don't think I ever saw it because they canceled it before they aired the last couple of episodes. Mm. So I didn't ever see those until just now. Um, and that show is still really, really good. Mm-hmm. In fact, in light of, because this was all like pre-Trump and stuff, the two seasons that it, uh-huh. it was on. So, in light of everything that's happened since that show was canceled, and it's it's right. view, it's view on corporate stuff and that mm-hmm. makes even more sense now. <laughs> you know? Didn't they have the one the one scientist who wouldn't set off the automatic stuff because he was black? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was one. Episode. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So they had to hire white people to follow the black people around, but then they, they <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They couldn't do that because that was discrimination. So they had to hire black people to follow the, follow the white people around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it. Um, and then then there was another episode where the the scientists, the the two goofy scientists, realized they're evil, mad scientists. Yeah. Because everything they make is used to kill. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And they kind of have this like crisis about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just there was so much good material on that show. It was way better than probably you know we deserved <laughs> at mm-hmm. any point. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely recommend going, going back and giving that a revisit because it's a, you know 
it's out on, like, whatever, you know, collection media, DVD, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, anyway. So, yeah. I think that's it. I'm not seeing really anything else in the comic area. I think we're done. You're off to London this week. Yeah, tomorrow we leave. This is MCM, right? No, this is... I've never been to MCM. This is uh, Thought Bubble. Oh, okay. MCM was last weekend. That's why I yeah, thought you were there. I've never been to MCM. That's in London proper. I'm I'm going to Harrogate up north. Okay. Right on. Um, are you going to see... Um, Man, why am I blanking on names again? <laughs> you know, he came for Chicago Con one year and stayed with you. Dave? Dave Stokes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I'll see Dave. I'll see Dave. Uh, hopefully, I'll see Captain Colin. Colin? Cool. Yep. So, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm just going to see people. Right. You guys it's are- actually a hassle that I have to think about taking stuff to sell. So, I got to. How do you even do. Do you have to ship that separate? I'm taking a suitcase. Oh, just checking it like luggage. Yeah. Huh. Good luck with that. You and uh, you and Julie are gonna stay, like extend your stay a little bit, right? We're going earlier. See, the show isn't this weekend. The show is next weekend. Oh, okay. So you'll be gone for the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, we come back right out. Cool. What? Well, you know, should be fun. Yeah. London Post Queen. I don't, you know. All right, yeah. Didn't think about that. I don't know if that changes anything. You know? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's panic in the streets now. Probably, you know, just like fires and stuff all over the place. and yeah. It's it's like a, like the city version, like in The Crow. Like It's like that movie we were talking about earlier today, Doomsday. Doomsday. You mean that... Post-apocalyptic movie from like 2009 or whatever. Yep. Man, I was thinking about that movie the other day, thinking I should watch it again. So anyway, well, I hope you have a good trip and a good show. And, uh, busy trains, trains. Mm-hmm. Nothing stops a train. <laughs> I, I guess something has to stop a train because they have to deliver stuff. Superman. Superman stops a train. Yeah, in the in the whole description. I think uh, hasn't Spider-Man stopped a train before? Uh, um, in the movie, yeah, the first movie with the webs. No, second movie, second movie. The webs and stuff. All right. Anyway, so I hope you all have a good weekend. We'll not see you next week, I guess, because Mike's going to be gone. All right. So the week after, uh, I'm tonight. My dad's turning seventy-two. Well, he, I guess he technically he's already turned seventy-two. Today's Whoa. my dad's birthday. Yay, birthday. So, happy birthday, Papa Crank. Papa Crank. I am sure when he was 27, he never expected to make it to 72. Wow, happy birthday. um, Who are you? (laughs) What? (laughs) That's when I came came to find you. Oh, did he say that? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like... Uh, crank, crank, crank here. He's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, I'll leave now. He's like, <laughs> he didn't, didn't really tell me that he was your dad until, <laughs> like, I was about to leave. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, sometimes he can be a little awkward to talk to. Yeah, he was definitely, I thought that I was invading somebody's property. But once you get him going, like, he'll talk your ear off. Mm. So, anyway. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Right then. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.